This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, the easiest, the most efficient, the most effective way to create your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you can get 10% off your order, and if you order for a year, you get a free domain name. That is squarespace.com, and they offer code THUMBS. Man, that's getting into, like, carnival barking. I know, it's really Like, pod barking. The fastest, the easiest way to make your website. A free domain name. You, sir, with the balloon. <laughs> today only. Not today only. Not today only. You, sir, got thumbs. This dateline was brought to you by schnapple.com slash thumbs. It's February 3rd, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 248. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. What this website needs is to let all of us log in and then have it also say your name in big writing and the order in which you should say it. Because <laughs> that's the other thing we always fuck up. That's true. Actually, you know what's funny? So what what Jake is referring to, the the URL he just mentioned, this was... Um, described last week, this was a, a podcast reader who put together a website that uh, it just gives us the script for the thing we say at the beginning of the episode. For the entire episode. That we always forget. And the worst part is there's now a very useful checkbox that you can say to make it be the next Wednesday, which you can click, you know, depending on, I guess, what day of the week it is. And Sadly, despite the fact that everything was handed to me, I still had the same panic attack I always had because I realized right as I opened my mouth that I wasn't sure if the box should be checked or not because I'm not sure which Wednesday it's supposed to be. So I still had the same just dateline internal disaster that I always have. Technology doesn't gotta, actually fix right anything, Justin, Chris. I got yeah. it right just in time. Just, just gives you different problems. Yeah, it's true. Anyway... Um, one thing, sorry about this. I yeah. between this feature and um, Johnny Driggs, who runs our YouTube page, who annotates every episode. I feel like our readers really like us a lot because they do these things, and they must yep. like our ineptitude because they continue to listen <laughs> to us true. after 248 episodes. But they also don't like the part of it that makes their lives annoying. So they write services to kind of <laughs> bolster it up just enough. Yeah, I, I like it a lot that we're like. People are kind of building a strange, like, idle thumbs iron lung for us that will, that will like, <laughs> preserve us. Yeah. Just but enough. not save us. But, yeah, but not, <laughs> but not save us. With enough of these tools, if, 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 if readers keep creating these tools and we keep doing the podcast long enough to generate this suite of tools, eventually you could train a trio of robots to record yes, this. Yeah, exactly. If people, write, if people yeah. write these tools and we keep doing this podcast long enough, the end of that sentence is actually, maybe we won't be doing this podcast. <laughs> if the corpus of idle... The idle thumbs uh, the algorithm. Thing to, the thing that needs to happen, we'll actually, to make this real, is someone needs to write an idle... Someone needs to create an idle thumbs transcription server, mm. uh, and then you feed all that into a Markov chain did you see <laughs> did you see that there was a markov chain idle thumbs episode name generator oh yeah that was really good yeah they, so we got the episode names handled we got the date and yeah. the intro handled and the descriptions and the descriptions oh yeah it was episode description generator yeah so we've got we've got all the metadata taken care of now we just need to replace the hosts yeah 
<laughs> Which is really the easiest part. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of replacing the host of Idle Thumbs, just listen to idleweekend.net. Uh, <laughs> Shit. What if there are a podcast that's kind of like this podcast, but has actual topics and smarter people making it? Um, Nick, there's a conspicuous bulge in your bag. <laughs> is there, Chris? Yep. Nick, well, you, you, from, from your bag, you've produced, I've, I've produced a toy teddy bear. This bear is the bear that I described three weeks ago, Sounds which was right. sent to me anonymously, as far as I can tell, um, and uh, for my birthday, which was uh, over, over <laughs> December. But this bear, as I did research, uh, is a sabotage bear. This bear will ambush you with a sound that will repeat endlessly until you destroy said bear. Um, and so, uh, having subverted that device, I have now brought it here to intentionally, def- you know, bomb defuse the bear in this, is, this, this in is the t- confines of, of the podcast room, uh, you know, bringing the most obnoxious noise-making noise thing to a live show. So this, it's a ripcord. When, when the podcast is yeah, over, is, you pull you the ripcord and the bear set, ends like, the podcast. You've set a loaded gun down on this yeah, table, exactly. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Any set- one of us has the power... <laughs> To end this, <laughs> just completely end this episode. Were, man, that is actually an amazing tool to leave on the table of any podcast. Maybe it should just sit there until... Like, if every for podcast weeks, recording... For weeks, right, like a loaded gun. It is the, you know, just loaded gun in the corner of the room. Use in case of emergency. Well, if we if we ever have a, a guest on who is kind of awkward and... and oh, yeah, sorry, this bear just started going off. <laughs> I didn't know this, but that's what it did. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we have to stop recording now until next week when its batteries run out. Yeah. Anyway, you guys want to talk about video games? Because yeah, we're a video sure. game podcast. I've been playing a video game, The Witness, a video game. I think we've all been playing The Witness. Yep. A lot of The Witness. I liked The Witness back when it was cool when only I was playing it. Actually, I guess that never has happened. You guys were playing you liked, it before me. You liked me. The Witness yeah. back when it was a 1983 Infocom text adventure game. Yes. <laughs> and you were the only one of us who was alive. <laughs> But you were three. Was there an Infocom text adventure called The Witness? Yes. It oh totally man, was I found it because I was I came upon this really, this really really great piece of video game criticism from the New York Times in 1983, and it it was it used to be a, a lot more common uh, to find just isolated pieces of interesting video game criticism in mainstream uh, publications because there wasn't really an obvious clearinghouse for writing mm, about video right. games. And so, so, so there was not a place to publish non-interesting ones? <laughs> well, I just mean there was no, like, default receptacle, right? Like, yeah. you can get, like, you, you can find interesting pieces on any video game website, but the thing that is actually less common now, maybe this is changing again now, but for, for, for like, a couple decades, it was actually, it became more rare than it was, weirdly, to find interesting video game criticism in places like the New York Times or Time Magazine or even a more mainstream publication or a, a more enter- uh, sorry not mainstream but a more entertainment focused publication like Entertainment Weekly um but a lot of those publications actually used to do regular game reviews in the 90s um and I, I think a lot of people don't remember that but it's totally true um the New York Times had a video game columnist for years and years and years and I I re- I went back recently and found those old columns and they're really interesting and they had a weekly column every week. Um, and it's, and it's just well-written stuff the way you'd expect from the New York times. Anyway, um, one of possibly their first piece of video game criticism was in 1983. 
and it was about the Infocom games. And the, uh, I think the main subject of the piece was called Deadline, maybe. And it was a sort of uh, hard-boiled, like, murder mystery thing. And it was, you know, interactive fiction. And the presumably you are a journalist protagonist in that game. No, you were oh. you were a like investigator, I believe, a detective, uh, either a police detective or a private. Eye, I can't remember. But uh, in any case, the the you know author of the the New York Times piece was sort of talking about his experience playing this game, and he painted it in very evocative uh, language, you know, and it's sort of describing how just this these responsive text inputs create this sensation of you know, this place where you are and the, the, the life that you're inhabiting. And it was really, it was a really, really great read, you know? And, uh, okay. So actually, you know what? I just found the, the article so you can search for it oh, nice. if you want to read it. Cause I, I did think it was interesting. Uh, it's called reading and writing participatory novels. And w- one of the funny things about it is that the, the author of the piece sort of says there isn't really a name for this yet. Although the most popular so far seems to be interactive fiction, which did actually end up becoming the Mm -hmm. sort of historically canonical name for this stuff. But he puts forth a a few other uh, names that I guess people were using at the time that didn't end up lasting. And one of them I think that he used was participatory novels. Uh, And uh, it's really it's really great. Oh, yeah. Participatory novels, interactive fiction and participa stories <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, did not did not stick around hmm. um and he mentions zork oh yeah here we go Stu galley's the witness to be released by infocom next month has just arrived complete with the detective gazette and the decadent atmosphere of los angeles in 1938 storm clouds are swimming across the sky the computer tells me your favorite pistol a snub-nosed colt 32 is snug in its holster so that's that's a little wow. excerpt from the witness. From the witness, nineteen eighty three. Jonathan Blow's been working on this game for yeah. thirty years. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's just the magic circle, isn't it? Yeah, that's that is actually yes. That mm. is totally the mm-hmm. that is the plot of the magic of the video game. The magic circle is a game that has been in development essentially for an entire human generation, uh, going through like every form of technology available. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so maybe at the end of the day, Mist was a The Witness clone after all. Right. Yeah. Assuming that yeah. The Witness Infocom game is about a person on an island full of gears. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to talk about <laughs> anyway, nothing that has to do with any current video. Years later, that IP has finally returned. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've all played this game. Mm-hmm. Nick, I don't know anything about your experience with this game yet. I've, Jake, I've talked to you a little bit about it. Um, have you played it much? Yes, I've played quite a bit of it. Oh, really? Which doesn't really speak to how, <laughs> how far into the game sure. I am, I guess. Uh, and Has it clicked with you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it clicked with me pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fully going to 100% this game at some point, but it just seems like uh, that's going to be a while yes, at this point. It totally um, is. I had the moment where, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but I had the moment where I suddenly realized... Oh, yeah. And that destroyed me and then made me realize that uh, this is this game is like pfft, like just going to take forever. The first time <laughs> I found one of those, my brain like fell out of it. Yeah, yeah. That I don't socket. know if I found one of whatever you're talking about, so maybe we can talk about that at a later time. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> We're going to try and keep this free of specific sort of puzzle solutions or descriptions of surprising yeah. things. Actually, Chris, I know that you um, are having a similar experience to this, is that I am playing... Um, 
you know, just playing it on my television, actually. And uh, my girlfriend comes home and sees me playing it. And then we just end up sort of playing it together. And it feels like a really fun game to play that way. Um, well, so like I, I haven't had that experience. Well, I know why. Uh, and it's probably the same reason that I had to stop doing this. But um, I saw that Sarah um, is getting sick while watching this. Yeah. Or no. Oh yeah, she was getting she was getting motion yeah. sickness watching me play. Yeah, and so she her oh she's playing separately she now. Was, yeah, but she was okay. still really interested in the game, so she started up her own save. Oh, okay, and has been playing. Uh, and in the last couple of days, I think she's played it more than I have. Just oh, because all right. I just haven't had as much yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah. like, but yeah, she which is really interesting um, because I th- I think it. So she has not really played puzzle games mm-hmm. before, as far as I'm aware. I mean, she doesn't play a ton of video games. Um, and the ones that she has tend to be, you know, she's really into like Mass Effect, for instance, mm-hmm. um, by, you know, that, that kind of style of game, which is more, uh, uh, definitely more narrative oriented. Whereas the witness, I, I don't know, I guess it maybe has a narrative. It's not really, what the, yeah. that's not the point at all though, yeah, right? It's just totally not the point of the game. And the thing that I think is so impressive about the witness is that it doesn't ask you, unlike most games of any genre, it doesn't really ask you to bring very much existing arbitrary video game knowledge to it you know you have to be able to navigate to do dual stick controls or yeah Yeah. wazd mouse you need that and Mm -hmm. that is definitely a big blocker for some but that's it other than that you just don't have to know how to use a mouse yeah and you You know what's funny about it too it teaches you all the rules if you're willing to like put you know invest yourself into learning them yeah and the other thing about it too is it feels like the things that it lacks that probably some game players would be frustrated by are probably the things that would make it easier for people who don't typically play games to play this like game what? uh like a mini map for instance or just any I, semblance oh, of you like think so? i think i think what? That actually, i completely disagree that that stuff would make this game easier for a person who does not play games oh i don't mean easier i mean less um uh intimidating in I some don't th- ways i don't know you don't think so I don't think so. I think that is a thing that you have as an expectation from a person who sits down to play and goes, "Where's my map?" I think that if I think if you're a regular human being, you will not have that expectation and it won't matter. No, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what Nick. Oh, you're saying. making the same point as me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that you said things that gamers are expecting no, are no, things no. that would actually make it I'm easier for things that would people. frustrate a gamer. Oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. the sense that there's no yes. mini map or no like, yeah, where's yeah. my, you know, where's my next objective? Well, I've you definitely know, like, had I that think... experience as a shitty gamer. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I did too. There was actually a moment I had of desperation where I started pressing keys trying to get a map to appear. Like yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nothing happened. Oh, and like, I try and jump constantly. I'm slamming the space bar like a fool. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think those things are actually. I'm very, very glad that that stuff is not in this game, and it makes yeah. you, a, a, it makes you a, address and assess the world as a place instead of as a video game construct. Even though it's very clearly, a, like it uses it's very intentionally it the u- most artificial environment you yeah, can ever encounter. It uses yeah. like so many rules of like. Th- Disneyland esque design and video game level design to make it easy to navigate, but it doesn't. It's not built. Assuming there's that f- huge framework of, that's, of that's video true. game the, messaging that, underneath it, that yeah. Disneyland thing is a good comparison because dude, the witness is totally Disneyland. Yeah, video game designers <laughs> have often, and I think for good reason and accurately, uh, pointed to Disneyland as a really useful uh, kind of um, design touchstone, not be for the experience of the rides themselves, but for the design of the actual for the park, hidden Mickey's, which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dis- Disneyland park, which is, is like the closest we have in real life to a constructed open world level. Yes, yeah. exactly. Where areas are connected, where there's an intuitive sense 
of structure, but when you're in any given place, it feels like it's entirely enveloping you. Right, until you come around a corner and then the foliage and architecture perfectly frames <laughs> on a sightline a spire that is in the yeah. waypoint of a different land of yeah. the park. and the witness yeah. is totally like that. Yeah. And it's even more important in some ways to the witness because those lands, those sort of themed areas, actually correspond to mechanically grouped puzzles, yep. at least yeah. in some <clears throat> cases. So, yeah. Yeah. The, it's a really um, good game. It's really it is. Good. This this yeah. is stupid and goes without saying almost. Uh, but the game that is probably the best at doing almost all of the things that we're talking about before the witness is actually just the original Mist. And I know that that is dumb to say because the witness, like, sorry, yeah, but both keep- both Chris, what you were saying about the way that this game does not like it's really despite you know being a crazy constructed thing it's really approachable to people who don't play games because it has its own regular language that is just based on your understanding of puzzles and space and the way that yes. yeah and it's it's really hard but i don't think it's really hard in a way that is unique to like sarah told me an interesting thing she said you know i think i like this better than portal and i was like why i don't understand why you're comparing this to portal like it doesn't seem that similar to me um, and, she, you know, it's like, well, you're alone and you're solving all these puzzles. But the difference is Portal expected her to have all of these like mechanical skill, like, mm-hmm. these sort of reflex twitch skills, mm-hmm. at least late in the game. And that she like she just kind of stopped trying to deal with it. Yeah. I, I could still imagine someone giving up on the witness. I mean, maybe I will eventually get just permanently stuck on the witness because it, it actually does get incredibly hard. But the ways in which it is hard are entirely native to its own tongue. Not like if you're, whereas if you're good at playing just shooters generally, you know, like we, we essentially are just as people who play a bunch of that kind of video mm-hmm. game, something like portal, you have a huge advantage because it takes advantage of those. Same yeah. Skills. I mean, some of my favorite stuff in portal is this stuff where my yeah. dexterity yeah. as a first person player enabled me to do all sorts of crazy puzzle solving. Whereas this, I mean, but I, I, I will I will agree with you though really quickly that like as much as my I, I didn't think about mist when I was loading this game up for the first time like I, and I, maybe my brain was just sort of actively like dismissing the oh well, I mean this is, this is there were multiple points at this, this, this where is I just clearly a descendant of mist and Jonathan Blow yeah. has said that but I think that the thing that people think about when they think about mist is getting stuck is getting stuck and is weird esoteric <laughs> yeah. puzzles and it's hard as fuck and it's a really beautiful island full of puzzles and I think that. W- when you think about it only in those uh, areas, it's really easy to either sort of, I think, hate on Mist or hate on The Witness for being a clone of that or for doing things you don't like as a person who plays video games or whatever else. But I think it, when you remember why Mist was successful, it's because, like, Mist was one of the best selling games of all time. And it's because people who don't usually play games could sit down and get lost in it because of the way that it, yeah, the way that its puzzles work and the way that its own internal language works. And I think that. The witness feels like mist to me more for that reason than for some of the more aesthetic things. Although, man, sometimes it does just look yeah. like mist. <laughs> yeah, it does more than I was actually expecting. It, I yeah, like there are there are moments where sort of just things start animating. Yep. and I'm like, oh my god, this is so mist in a way that is yeah. really I love it charming. I, to I me. actually really, really yeah, like I love it. being out of the middle <laughs> of a natural <laughs> environment and then suddenly a, like you hear like. Yep. And then oh, just like God. a strange multi levered, yeah. uh, like metal plate unfolds, and you're like, "That you, I know you when you were a QuickTime <laughs> movie in that hypercard stack that I played in the '90s." Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it it reminds me that I never really disliked Mist. You know what I mean? Where as much as there was just a backlash against that type of game, I, I did never not like it. But I well, yeah, yeah we, we've talked about that. this. We've talked about I, this. But I, I, 
I, I, I understood its faults, but I, think, I never actively the, dismissed the, 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 the thing genre, that I, the thing I guess, that I think or like surpri- the, t- the mode of play. Yeah, that, that's was, fair. I well, did only by sort of peer pressure. Yeah, that, that's Mist, what I'm saying, though. Mist I did, I did cool. that, too, but that's, like that's, I, right? I didn't want um, to. You know, I could feel <laughs> myself saying, I kind of just want, like, Riven 3. <laughs> like, but they Man, just I clearly actually, were not as well made I actually as loved, this game I is. loved Riven. Riven was great. Riven was the Mist game that I... Was Riven the one with, like, the bathysphere track? God, yeah, that was cool. Riven is actually probably the closest touch point to the witness of any of them because Riven was a I contiguous so, yeah. space. Riven was the mist mm. game that didn't have you warping to different levels. It had things where you would do something on one That's side true. of the game, yeah. forgot about that. and then there would be a pipe that runs across the entire island, and then you'd yep. hear a little like wind sound come out on the complete other side of it. Um, but the, the the thing that I think also makes a lot of the Riven and Mist th- uh, thought processes get convoluted, at least in my brain, is looking back at mist you have to look through the atmospheric haze of decades of mist ripoffs that have kind of mm. done to mist what i think its reputation is which is esoteric puzzles on yeah. an island for the sole purpose of annoying people who deliberately seek out these games sort of the same way that traditional adventure games kind of fell up their own ass over well, the, 20 years the, the mist i think the mist descendants um were starting with a more kind of difficult goal because it is just more esoteric and you can't fall back on kind of um, atmosphere and humor quite as much as more traditional adventure games did. Yes. And then also a lot of those games were just so pointless and, and like not self-justifying that that genre actually entirely killed itself. I, think, I mean, well, I, like, I think that the, 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 the criticism of mist is it's just puzzles, but I think that's also the salient takeaway of people who made mist clones who didn't understand the thing yes. that you said, Chris, which is yeah. that each different, uh, world and mist, at least the best ones, the most successful ones, were ones that created their own language and that you as a human being could play at them and go, oh, I see how this space works, and then use that knowledge to suddenly be able to mm-hmm. work all the weird machines, as opposed to it's just a bunch of bespoke puzzles I don't understand. Right. Uh, a bunch of chess boards and yeah, yeah, and, and wood. I, I'm personally really, really, really loving the fact that The Witness takes that develop a language and then riff on it and you have you have these understanding breakthroughs of how this game's on internal language works and distills it down even like not only cuts through all the atmospheric haze like the through the the fog of mist clones to mist but probably punches back farther back down and distills it even farther than than mist itself did well, yeah i, I, I think, think that, oh, oh go ahead nick no you guys go, both no, think go ahead you, you go first and then i think that the the witness is the kind of game that can only exist post Mist or post like this kind of in the post mist era can only be post something right because I think that when you're making something like mist at the time you have the idea and you maybe have some sort of Mm. subset of the tool set required to make (laughs) the ideal of that idea but you don't you haven't learned the lessons yet from the thing you've created whereas the witness has learned (laughs) the witness has had decades for lessons to have been learned from what Miss tried to do. So this is like you go to a restaurant that can, that serves you like deconstructed Indian food, which can only serve <laughs> you that because Indian food already exists. <laughs> I mean, yeah, except that that's not better than Indian food. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I think that common language is the thing that makes I mean, this game. So, sorry to be to, to actually yes. make that comparison. The actual equivalent of that in a video game would be some kind of like subversive mist deconstruction that is trying to be a commentary on mist. But that's not what the witness is. The witness is one hundred percent 
devoted to actually just making that game the best it can be. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, that's that's why it's good and not just like tongue in cheek. Anyway, go ahead, Nick. Like, assuming assuming the best it could be is assuming the things that you're talking about about sort of the game having its own internal way of existing is the thing about mist that you enjoy i think that the other reason that people say i thought you were making a mist thing in level criticisms against the witness is because the thing that they liked about the mist games and their oh, sort of and the what evolved from them is yeah. the the world building yeah, and the, the sort of the, yes. the the history and sort of mist as a really early example of 3d environmental storytelling and those things yeah. are not as present that in the stuff witness. is the worst part of the witness right like those yeah. finding finding the audio logs is not like i don't I wish that they were not there. Or interesting. Yeah. 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 So, in fact, for a while, I didn't realize they were there. And then when I, when I, I did, find them, I I've went, actually stopped mm. clicking on them, and I feel like a bad person, but I feel like it's my choice. Yeah, that's probably a more. That's probably that fine. feels like yeah. maybe a better expression of the, of play, the just experience of playing that game. Yeah. Right. I can't help myself because I'm a garbage video game player who can't right. ever not click on a thing. But yeah, I think. That's well, now probably, that I, I mean, you find this isn't really a spoiler, but you find puzzles that unlock that some of that stuff, you know, and now mm. that I, I, I just find those puzzles and then don't, I don't write them down. I just sort of like leave them in their little box and <laughs> oh, just walk out oh, of the room. Funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it feels like this game has still the, um, it, it's kind of like, I guess this isn't really more of a spoiler than what I was describing before, but like, for instance, those environmental puzzles that you find, are remind me very much of kind of the esoteric, like crazy, difficult things in Mist that you would just look at and go, "Well, I, you know, I, I didn't even find that, so how was I supposed to solve it?" Or like, you know, I didn't even like realize you could click on the thing and like, a, you know, this would happen and even unlock the, the like, you know, opportunity to solve the puzzle. It has those things, but it has them in that common language. I think that was the key for me, or without like frustrating me too much. Just everything falls back on that simple line. Um, right, even uh, if design, the way that you arrive it, at the line is completely right. different. And that's the thing I think that makes a big difference in terms of I'm not chucking the controller out the window. Like, I feel like, all right, at least, you know, at least these things all are within the same convention, and at least I know what I'm looking for, I guess. It, you it's know? nice to have like, a f- the feeling in The Witness uh, that I've not had in a video game in a long, 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 long time of coming up to something that I absolutely don't understand and actually, like... I can't speak for everyone who plays this, but for me personally, the feeling of looking at something that I don't understand, saying, I'll come back to you, yeah, and turning around and feeling satisfied that I was able to know that I will come back to it and mm-hmm. that I will understand it, or I will find some other avenue to get to the place that I'm trying to go or to get to the end of the game, well, that, that, I, that, that like, I, I, I feel like I... I in like it's it's a thing that I did not experience even in Riven. Let alone there are some open world games where that where I'm driven mad by coming to a place that I don't understand and not knowing if I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to do or if I'm out of order in quotes or what. Like in The Witness, I feel like it's all kind of okay. I've made peace with the fact that this is supposed to be inscrutable, but I am my goal is to learn it. Well, and also I feel like the game does do a good enough job, kind of teaching that stuff to you um in ways that you don't really expect like i feel like it is doing a weird thing where it's unlocking a piece of your brain one one at a time and you may find a thing that you where you realize like i have no idea how to solve this but it's not really so much that you can't solve it it's that you haven't done enough of that type of thing yet yeah and you're you have like the game gives you the confidence to realize oh it's gonna sort of like teach me the sort of uh pattern of this without even really teaching me what this actual pattern is it's weird like it does just a really good job of like slowly kind of like 
Ugh, like working out that muscle, yep. I guess. I feel like talking about this too much more without being able to actually give yeah, it's really difficult that prove yeah. our point is going to yeah. be weird. So maybe we should just table this until the end and say, yeah. Uh, but I mean, we also maybe it might not even be worth doing yeah. that. Like, the, yeah. yeah, that's true. We could also call it here. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how we feel. One tiny dumb thing to, to mention that it's this is not at all a spoiler because it's in all the videos, but um the. Have you guys? You guys have surely yeah. made those happen at some point. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm skeptical that this is not going to be spoilery. <laughs> they really remind me of the Dig, which is hilarious to me. That's all. The LucasArts um, game, the Dig, is a game set on an island where it involves you finding these puzzles that that you solve that end up the island that you're on, and it's the exact same aesthetic and it's used in the exact same way. And it reminded me. This is actually me half segueing off into talking about the dig for half a second because that is a really maligned and kind of forgotten LucasArts adventure game. And I realized a thing that I would thought at the time but forgot, which is that that game is kind of LucasArts trying to make a mist game yeah, using oh, their sure. language, mm-hmm. which is crazy Definitely, and weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I doubt that's what that game started off as, but it's interesting that that game... I wonder if I wonder if the dig looks better or worse playing it now than it did mm. in the conversation at the time it was released. I think it would look better Probably only better, because yeah. you would have because you're you're divorced from the present of the time. Where you're like this isn't Day of the Tentacle, like the right? Next yeah, big LucasArts the game. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I I played the dig. Um, the first time I actually completed the dig was probably in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and I think I really enjoyed it a lot because I just kind of sat with it. And took it at face value, and and sort of understood where it was historically, in a way that would not just I don't think would have been possible in 1995 unless you were more mature than than I was as an 11 year old. But like, yeah, because that game and Full Throttle both came out around the same time in LucasArts' yeah. history, and I yep. feel like they're actually very much opposites. Full Throttle wants you to keep moving and for it to feel like you're inside of a movie, whereas The Dig is a LucasArts game that I think, for the faults that it has, it. it it was really aware in hindsight of the fact that you spend a lot of the time in any adventure game just wandering from screen to screen and taking your time contemplating what the fuck you're supposed to do to unlock the next thing in the game. And it, it, it's a whole, it, it, it made that good in the way that Mist or The Witness does, which is if you're going to be walking from scene to scene, let's make them as like attempt to be as breathtaking and visually interesting and beautiful as possible mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that when you're strolling around adjusting f- flipping levers and stuff yeah it's yeah. you know it, it's it's it seemed like it's it was built around the fact that you were supposed to be in a contemplative space when playing it and I don't think I really appreciated that at yeah. the time I'm sure that, that that's very true and a lot of these sort of visual metaphors they used crystals and caverns I think share a lot in common with uh kind of cathedrals and um, imagery dealing with spaces that are intentionally reflective and contemplative, um, and I think it is intended to put you in that mode. And and also, like Riven, it has a sick, like spherical subway system. <laughs> yep, true. <laughs> uh, I think I'll say that that I about it, the experience I had when I played through the dig that that um, I think is applicable to the witness, not in the specifics, but just in the in this sort type of game is when I did go back and play through the dig because I wasn't playing through it as like the next big LucasArts game that I was just going to like totally dive into head first. Um, I kind of just lived with it for a while and I didn't feel very pressured to complete it in any amount of time. And I feel like that would be the most ideal way to play the witness. I I've had experiences in the witness so far. Uh, actually last night was really my, my first biggest example of this where I thought I understood a given type of puzzle and I, I just became so stymied 
that in my brain, it just feels like I will literally never, never solve it. Like I still think mm. I may in fact never, ever solve this puzzle. And I had to walk away from it thinking, man, I may never solve that puzzle. And it was kind of a bummer and kind of frustrating. And I think that feeling is leading to the sort of um, skepticism or criticism some people are currently having about the game because there are cases where you will you just feel almost hard blocked and it feels like the game is just shutting you out at this point. And I think part of the thing that makes it that um, makes that reaction sort of inevitable in in me and in anyone else is that we are we do understand that the way to play a game, not just to play a game, but to experience sort of any uh, media artifact in the current culture is to do so uh, immediately and as soon as you can, so you can be part mm. of the conversation. But I actually think and that binge the, playing the witness is basically impossible. It is. It is totally impossible. I think the best way, probably, I shouldn't say the best. It doesn't mean anything. But I think a, a thing that is appealing to me is letting this game just be in the background of my life for months. And after I'm over the initial high of how much I'm just sort of surprised and delighted by it, which I, I was for the first few days and, and you know, still, still am essentially, uh, I think it'll be nice to not feel like I have to just keep always be solving puzzles in this until I'm done with it or until always I be burn solving, out. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that was an experience Abs. I had with that was the experience I had with Grim Fandango of all games, which is like com- a completely bonkers game puzzle wise. I mean that that game is like yeah. pretty inconsistent in terms of um, puzzle design and, and difficulty. But nonetheless, I I still just let it sink into the fabric of my life, and it took me months to complete. And by the time I finished it, it felt like I had actually gone on the epic journey depicted in the game, which you know in the game takes years, and in my case took months but it you know it felt like a huge arc mm-hmm. and i and i kind of suspect that it there's not really a lot of value in trying to judge something like the witness based on how much you can constantly always be making progress um and i don't mean to say that to just excuse the game for for any sort of uh di- unreasonable difficulty spikes or anything but just that it's probably games are so different and weird that it's probably not appropriate to judge them all the same way. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't judge the witness, but I obviously, but, but I do, I do think it's the kind of game that will benefit from just being a slow burn as you work through it. Can we take a quick witness turn and talk about two notable tweets relating to the witness? Oh my God. Do you, I don't know if I can look them up fast enough to, to talk about them. Have you memorized the contents of those tweets, Chris? Oh, yeah. oh, those so, tweets. Yeah, okay. So now I know our, what you're talking our friend, about. Our friend Rachel, who is married to our friend Steve, who made uh, Gone Home and uh, was on this podcast. has been on this podcast many times over the years, uh, she posted a tweet saying something to the effect of, Steve keeps talking about how he wants to visit Mr. Blow's magical island or... Uh, solve Mr. Blow's fantastical puzzles, and I'm starting to get really worried about his drug use. And then our friend Kirk Hamilton, uh, who writes for Kotaku, directly replied to her minutes later, like three minutes later, with the tweet, let's go to Mr. Blow's island and do some lines. And I died. (laughs) I actually died. I'm dead now. You saw that tweet like a day after it had been posted or something, which is amazing. And Chris was in the office 
and he looked at Sean's computer. Sean read the tweet, and Chris like went, ha, ha, ha. And then, like, after the initial laugh, his brain... I, no, no, Sean just read Rachel's tweet. Oh, that's right. Then you I, you read then you read the response, and I saw you, like, chuckle at it, and then I saw, like, the full realization of what you had witnessed. Uh, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, up, up here in your brain, you would... You would Nick, you would have died by proxy at Chris dying. Like, Chris, mm. you turned into, like... Um, just like a Coen Brothers screaming man. <laughs> like Chris's eyes just opened wide and sort of stopped focusing. He was like looking at something that no one else could see. And he just went, oh, <laughs> oh, And then just went and went back to his desk and looked up the tweet himself to figure out how the fuck something like that had come out of Kirk Hamilton's brain in the b- most beautiful way that it did. And then I just heard furious typing, uh, which was Chris, like, internet detectiving back to the to picture and reconstruct the backstory of three minutes later, Kirk replied to Rachel with this tweet. Anyway. <laughs> so I need to partly justify my idiotic reaction. It was amazing! Which was that, which was that uh, it was not just the quality of the... It was not just the quality of the wordplay and the rapidity of the reply, although both of those things <laughs> were paramount. Uh, it was also that he did it in direct reply without putting the dot in front of the reply to make it so that everyone would see the tweet, regardless of whether they followed both him and Rachel. He didn't do it via the quoted retweet mm. to like display mm. his skill. He simply quietly replied mm. to someone with the most perfect the most response. like atomic bomb blast of a yeah. of a witness joke and it killed yeah. me <laughs> anyway um we, we should take, take a break? break now yeah sure video game this episode of idle thumbs is brought to you by squarespace squarespace is the fastest easiest the most robust the most complete the most compatible and beautiful way to make your own Website, portfolio, blog, or online store. I realized as I started saying that I should have like gone full Don King and had yeah, you may as like well. a big rhyming spiel. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace is great. It is a great tool. And if you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code thumbs at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name too. So you can just go there and get everything you need uh, all at once. It's like the most easy process imaginable when it comes to putting together a website and uh we have an another we have another example of yet another idle thumbs reader who has used the thumbs promo code to put together a website on squarespace if you go to fitzgeraldfreelance.com spelled like fitz you know as in jfk Mm -hmm. fitzgeraldfreelance.com you can find the little kind of bio portfolio kind of site he put together for freelance copy editing he's a he's a, a an editor by by trade an editor and a designer nice he's got a nice classy photo with some sort of uh, yeah. exposed red brick mm-hmm. in the background some soft focus That's very very classy yeah and uh i'm looking at it on my mobile device and it's got this great little menu hamburger menu on the bottom yeah hamburger menu are you familiar <laughs> with this nick i'm actually not okay you know those like three lines you see that mean Oh, that's menu? a hamburger menu? That's called a hamburger menu. Wow. The horizontal lines where you click them and then they expand out into a menu. Is two a hot dog menu, Chris? <laughs> yes, I declare it to be so. <laughs> okay. If you would like to make your own website complete with hamburger menus and maybe hot dog menus. Maybe hot menus, dog menu if you feel like it. Yeah. Um, go to squarespace.com 
set up an account without needing to put in a credit card to get going. Sign up without Once, a card. It's not hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you're ready to check out, you use the promo code THUMBS, get 10% off, sign up for a year, get a free domain name included. It's the best. Squarespace.com, promo code THUMBS. Thanks, Squarespace. Thanks. Video game. This Idle Thumbs episode is also brought to you by ProFlowers. You will, you may infer from the name they are professionals when it comes to flowers. Oh, yeah. We uh, we've gotten Pro Flowers before. They're great. They come with the <clears throat> like the vase and the like stuff you need to pour into it to keep them fresh. Do they have like a pro shop I can go to? proflowers.com if you go there you can click there's a little microphone icon if you click the microphone and you type in the code thumbs you can up the available deal like you put in thumbs it'll take you to like a, a version of the website that shows the discounts you get with the sort of other deals you get with promo code thumbs you <clears throat> can get a dozen red roses and a glass vase for just 29.99 mm. and mm. If you order by Friday at midnight, which you're going to want to do because Valentine's Day is coming up, uh, you'll get free chocolates, too. Oh, all right. Yeah. Nice. But. What? If you upgrade to ultra-romantic long-stem roses. They send this you is a like bear the pro- that, <laughs> that never, never stops up. talking. No, they totally won't. Oh. One of the features of Pro Flowers is that they don't include an annoying never-shutting-up bear. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's why nice. they're pros. Uh, they yeah. know what they're doing. Right. No, but if you, you can upgrade to romantic long-stem roses with Ooh. a premium vase. A right. premium vase or vase, one might say. Chocolates and a spa kit. Whoa. Yes. For just an extra ten bucks, an extra nine ninety nine. Well, that's nice. So, proflowers.com, offer code thumbs. Click that microphone. Put the thumbs in. See all of the things. Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, if you thought your only option was to send your favorite person an annoying bear that never shuts up, you are in luck. <clears throat> there is another option. Proflowers.com. Click the microphone. Some would say a better thumbs. option. So, <laughs> I think everyone would say a better option. <laughs> yeah. I think the choice is clear. It's, I An- mean, Annoying, yeah. never shut up, happy birthday bear. Not even the right holiday, let's be real. Well, true. Uh, versus. Unless your birthday is romantic, on Valentine's Day, Chris. That's true. I still think. Even then, I still you probably want to go with the pro you're flowers. you served with romantic long stem roses, yeah. chocolates, spockets, flowers, and premium vase. Yes. Proflowers.com. Offer code thumbs. Click that microphone. Do it. Thanks, Pro Flowers. Thank you. Video game. Just Cause 3. Duh. Nick, you've been playing Just Cause 3. I have. Did you beat uh, it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. You've that's, been you've been digging this it. game, I know. You mentioned yeah, that at least. No, I'm really digging this game. Um, and you'd played a lot of Just Cause 2. I did. Uh, this game just feels like a fully complete realization of what I wanted that game to be. Um, so and... it's funny you say that because I remember, I remember <laughs> we had... <laughs> It had seemed like some of the people who really into Just Cause 2 found Just Cause 3 to be kind of disappointing. Why do you not find that to be true? I don't know. I actually, I don't, (laughs) I I cannot explain that. I don't, I mean, when I played Just Cause 2, I felt like, um, I wish these settlements were actual places and not just kind of part of the, Mm -hmm. you know, open world. Like there was no real function to a lot of things. Um, and I think I love the way settlements work. Yeah. The settlements work really well. Um, God, it's really weird the way that you can unlock them too. Like at this point I've just, I'm like spawning jet fighters and just bombing settlements. And then it just <laughs> like in some cases just completely unlocks them. 
from the air. It's a weird, like, subversive commentary on just, like, you've liberated this province, and there are just, like, cluster bombs falling from the sky. <laughs> like, on, like... Man, in classic Nick Brecken mode, I've been playing this game way longer than you have, and you're like, anyway, I spawn in jet fighters and bomb the planet. Like, I haven't done that. <laughs> you can just spawn in fighters, like, on a mountaintop. You know, it takes, like, three feet to actually take off. So you can just, like, drop, like, from the sky, a, like, a shipping container falls down on, like, a five-foot, square-foot, like, you know, area of space. And then you just fall off the mountain in your plane, gain speed immediately, and just take off. And then, yeah, you can just carpet bomb the entire map. It's weird. Can you bomb? Can you bomb the map with planes inside of shipping containers? Like, can you? Just, can <laughs> yes, you, you just can. Call them in. You can actually. <laughs> you can call in things that just fall on people's heads, which is really good. Um, there are a lot of really good moments in this game. Mm-hmm. God, there's just been some things with just the way that you know uh, the physics simulation is really impressive, and just weird little like micro moments where my brain just suddenly thinks this is no longer a game. It's a weird thing to describe, but like. <laughs> Just weird moments where, like, just it's it's almost unbelievable. Like an explosion will happen, and you know, like the camera will be will be facing away from the explosion, uh, and the way that the sort of like blast wave hits all of the objects. Like I was staring at this guy, uh, like an like I guess one of my allies probably, and this explosion occurred, and he was knocked back, and so was I. But I was looking just to the side, and so the effect was just this crazy like wave of air uh, and just like, like shocked you yeah yeah and just everything was just wiping across and just for a second it just looked like a movie like it just right. looked like yeah. the scene where whatever like your friend is just like getting you know blown back to, against like a wall or something it was really weird like just weird little micro moments like that um and also just weird hilarious random things like uh just stupid like patrols occurring uh during the loading menu which is my favorite thing like so the the way the loading menu works is you um you load up you boot up the game and then there's a just a, the menu is overlaid on top of um your dude who's just leaning, leaning back on a against car, right? a car yeah. like it it's loads just, the if you don't have a car first. when you when you stop playing it just gives you a car yeah. to lean against which i also think is hilarious it's so yeah. good yeah it's really good Th- that thing like as far as just the sort of technical elements of game design, that feels so smart to me, where mm. they're like, okay, we're going to have a huge load screen when you initialize the game anyway, yeah. and players are going to have a continue button. Why don't we just also load your save game right at the beginning of the game, so when you press continue, you're just technically on a pause screen. Like, it just starts paused, but with yeah. an amazing actually, like, Mad Max poster shot. It doesn't start paused. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> My favorite thing is that, so actually... Um, <laughs> We already burned some cast, but like I will actually rewind even further back to the, my first initial encounter with this, which is that I was watching my guy lean against a car, and I kind of got up to do some stuff and came back, and <laughs> then I was still like you know in front of my computer like doing something on my phone, and then I just heard this like and I look up and just like my guy is leading him back back against the car in the most nonchalant manner. And just bullet holes are just <laughs> appearing next to him. <laughs> and just bullets are like flying. So he's just he's just being the coolest he fucking He is being cool the coolest guy. fucking cool dude customer. in the world as just like somebody off, you know, elsewhere, just off camera is just having a firefight. And then like a fucking like you with, know, with your guy or no, no, with own, somebody else on the battle. other side of your the car. Cool so he's menu idol cool guy, like, just like just caught in the crossfire of yeah. some amazing, some skirmish. weird emergent battle. And then <laughs> he'll be caught up in it. Yeah, and then um. 
like an APC, like a like a, a huge thing with like a turret on top, just like rolled up and just started just just mowing down people that are were like like back behind the camera. So it just looked like he was shooting at me. Imagine if you were for in like, VR for like <laughs> for like five minutes. This was happening. He was just like you were just, just watching laying this into people. Yeah. It just like you know, dirt's flying as like you know, and then somebody threw a grenade across the screen, and then I could just hear like people like you know dying in the distance. <laughs> this and is then like just like more tanks okay. rolled in and it just became did you did you crazy. jump into the game at that point or did you no wait I, just, I just sat there and, and waited until this for is, everything like just kind ultimate, of like moved this on this is the ultimate version of in in <laughs> games like this but they're they're 10 years ago version when your character dies and then the world keeps happening like in that oh, main yeah. menu you half oh, expect yeah. a guy to go where'd he go <laughs> <laughs> man so i saw a video of the most incredible version of this which was someone's uh, pause screen and the guy there just up on a cliff and he was leaning against the car and he was there 15 seconds later some guy runs in from the right of frame jumps into his car steals it drives away. <laughs> oh man he stole the car <laughs> oh my god and and the guy is still just oh. standing there pretend leaning against nothing man, that is the coolest cool guy not even like <laughs> nbd i don't even care if my car was stolen <laughs> i couldn't believe it it was amazing god yeah, it's so funny because, like, you know, the windows of the car were just shattered by the end of this thing. So he just, like, everything was shot out. Yeah, usually the out. best part about starting mm. the game is that you have a brand new, yeah. God. unsullied yeah. car. I Ugh. want I want just cool, just cause menu guy to be a stupid meme. I want to see all variants of <laughs> oh, this, yeah. of what happens to that guy. When you want to ca- see, like, Obama get photoshopped into there. <laughs> right. <laughs> as, like, Trump steals his car. Right, yeah, that's all I want. But it's probably not going to happen because it's just cause three menu guy. Not- yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that game's really good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I do love it. I love it a lot. I haven't played it as much recently because I've had such little uh, free game time and it's pretty much all gone into the witness. But mm-hmm. uh, but man, just I I have put probably dozens of hours into just custom. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be a weird like forgotten like enormous game like that, that that is that has been completely forgotten which is really a, a, a shame because yeah. there's so much in this game maybe there's so many other maybe it'll come back with with, uh, with weirder mods maybe yeah i hope so i don't i don't know so yeah you, nick you were saying earlier how you know i asked you you've played a lot of just cause 2 some people who we're into that game. Have not been in, as into this game. Some people have. Yeah, you have. And you know, I said why, and you said you know, you know, you don't really know. And I, I think that is part of why a game like this can sort of get lost is because games like this that are so huge and do so many things, I think they're really hard to pin down. You know, like sometimes yeah, it's it true. just for some people it'll just hit something, and it's like the crazy alchemy of all the different elements going into this. Yeah, like for me or for you, like turns out it's totally on the money and you know for some people there was just some like little ingredient yeah in the previous one and the way they were combined that made that one well the like, surprising thing for me with this is like i'm enjoying the weird little challenge uh like yeah, missions which, which i have not gotten into but uh just the fact that it's it 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 doesn't track it worldwide in terms of a leaderboard it's only your friends and so anytime <laughs> oh, yeah, you do nice anything thing. in this game like I'm like sure there are things that are just sure as you're wandering around the open yeah. world yeah i'm sure it's still tracking a worldwide thing but just you know like they're just stupid things like you've glided longer than nels and i'm just like oh that's nice <laughs> i'm glad i've glided longer than nels and like yeah. then now i'm just like i have to crush nels on every challenge and like i just have made that <laughs> my mission nels is like, like i love 
love this game. Yeah. Really doesn't challenge. Isn't you know just lets you do whatever. And there's yeah. no force yeah. anything. Whereas you're like, I will crush. You. Oh no, I've I've made a point to like if if because you know it gives you like a five star rating for each of these challenge things, and you can complete it and get three stars, and it shows you like, oh, you you know you you did all right. You can you can move on and keep playing the game. But Nell's got four stars, and I'm like, no, I am not Man, leaving maybe, this. Maybe, the, until- maybe the, the missing link. Maybe the not the missing link. Maybe the missing ingredient in my enjoyment of challenges was that Nick Brecken was not popping up on my leaderboards right. because now I when stopped you, playing before you started playing. Right, and here's the, here's the horrible thing. When you load up the game, it's going to tell you that I've beaten everything that you've done. <laughs> it just gives you, like, a... Here's the like horrible thing, Chris. Everything you've ever accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, Truly the, it, heartbreaking. It, it also has the thing... It has the explicit challenges, but then it also has the thing that like burnout paradise had, which is just as you're navigating the world, as you're driving your car around, as you're flying around, as you're gliding around, as you're shooting stuff, you are just constantly engaging in contextual challenges that you're not opting into. They're just happening. So like if you just happen, if you're in a car and you do a big jump, if you start creeping up on your best jump time, You'll just in the upright of the screen, you'll see the little ticker. It says personal best. And it's like, yep, personal yep. best. And then fr- friends best and current and. Uh, it's personal best, friends best, Nick Brecken's best. <laughs> <laughs> the other good thing that this game does is that it has the thing where, you know, you're constantly upgrading all of your abilities. It's got, you know, whatever, like a, a sort mm-hmm. of ability, um, uh, you know, map of, yeah. of upgrades and blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I enjoy about it is that as much as you can upgrade a particular mechanic, it, they never completely remove the importance of actually like being engaged with it. Like for instance, like the wingsuit, you can, there are like three different upgrades you can get for that thing, but it never removes the sort of like tactile feeling of like, you know, shooting out your hook shot and like grabbing a thing like Mm -hmm. that always remains intact. What it's doing is it's just sort of slight, it's giving you like more things you can do within that to sort of like optimize it. I don't know. It's a stupid distinction. No, but it's like, true. You do start with a really great tool set right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, and, well, and I just I just like that it doesn't say, okay, now you're just Superman, or you know, which I feel oh, like sure. a lot okay, of games would saying. do. You know, yes, I just feel yes. like a lot of games at some point would just yes. say, uh, you can just fly they now. Ju- they just and, sort of expand the the reach of what you have a little bit. Yeah, guess, well, and, and and kind of expand Man. the expressions within. Also, the, yeah. once you once this didn't happen to me for a while until I started had been playing the game for a while, but once you start learning how to like chain hookshot stuff while also using a wingsuit it's super fun yeah um jake has to leave he has a de- see if no one would notice if i didn't speak on the rest of this episode <laughs> that's fine jake has we'll just pull that bear and i'll send it for you <laughs> oh man jake you're gonna miss bear reveal it's fine it'll be here when you come back <laughs> maybe bear will still be here next week who knows God. all right see you jake bye jake all right nick Yep, we're doing it's it. Assume me. Yeah, it's turning into a, 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 a for like the third time in the last couple months. Yeah, should we reintroduce the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me pull up schnapple.com. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know if I have anything more to say about Just Cause except that it's. Yeah, I, I, I wish more. Either. I wish more people would check it out because I feel like it will just become a weird forgotten thing. I guess it'll be a good game actually to pick up on Steam after this crazy release cycle is sort of mm-hmm. dying down. It's and an embarrassment sort of, like, of riches right now, for sure. Yeah. Like, that, I was, I mean, that game, I guess, came out a little while ago, but that, and then The Witness, and then I can't wait to play XCOM 2, oh, man, and then yeah. I really want to play Rise of the Tomb Raider, which came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's We're definitely in one of those, which is weird, because it's February. Yeah. But... That's, uh, I think that's happening now. It feels like, now. it feels like spring is its own thing yeah. now. Um, it, feels, it feels like maybe summer is sort of the last 
bastion of like oh there's Temples, no spike of video game like, stuff yeah oh, oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. that's true in video games it's never been summer it's always been fall yeah 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 anyway. uh, well do you want to do some reader mail sure so we have we have multiple uh emails i don't know what these are yet but we hit i can already see that there are multiple emails about daddy long legs news <laughs> so good yeah um Sissy Beery, here's one. She writes, Hey Thumbs, as I can't see anything Daddy Longlegs related without thinking of you guys anymore, I thought I'd share with you the, the monstrosity that just came up on my timeline. And uh, she links an article from the Mary Sue uh, blog. And uh, I assume this is what all the, presumably all these emails are about the same thing. Oh my God. This headline <laughs> is, well, <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> Researchers find erect daddy long legs penis preserved in amber for the first time ever. <laughs> oh no. Yep. <laughs> According to an announcement made in the Science of Nature last week, researchers in Burma have un- have uncovered a 99 million year old fossilized remains of a harvest man, an order of arachnid distinguishable from spiders by several physiological differences, also known as a daddy long legs. But its legs weren't all that was long about the specimen. <laughs> According to oh, researchers, the harvest man's oh. penis was extended to half its body length at the time of death. Oh. <laughs> the team explains, this is the first record of a male copulatory organ of this nature preserved in amber and is of special importance due to the age of the deposit. Now you're patenting it? <laughs> <laughs> Slap it out of a plastic lunchbox. Well, Ugh. Ugh. I mean, this is this is this is our shitty Jurassic Park reality. Yeah, I mean, it's not the it's like just... amazing dinosaurs rule the earth. It's it's Daddy Longleg penis trapped in amber. Yeah, and we clone that. No, that's 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 real life. <laughs> Daddy Longlegs DNA <laughs> got stuck in the sap. In the sap. <laughs> we. <laughs> in in our version of Jurassic Park, uh, we combined, yeah. we took dinosaur DNA right. and filled the missing links with this daddy long legs penis <laughs> DNA. God, I can't believe Jake is not here for I this. Know, I know, this is really, Jake I'm actually, this is the worst now. thing. I can't believe he just walked out. Yeah. Oh, God. Jurassic, Jurassic Park 5, daddy long legs splicing. Yep. Oof. Well. Thanks, Sissy, for making this interesting and fascinating news mm-hmm. uh, available to us. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I could ignore the rest of the Daddy Long Man's reach news. exceeds his grasp, Chris, is what we learned today, I think. <laughs> well, the Daddy Long Legs reach really exceeded its grasp, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oof. Uh, let's see here. So here's a here's a, a, a related to a what we were talking about some of, part of what we were talking about with the witness today. William Channel writes, "Subs thumbs. I recently purchased the witness. I'm not generally a puzzle gamer, but with the positive things being said about the game, I thought I'd give it a shot. After playing it, I thought, you know who else would like this game? My mom. Uh, to illustrate a realization I had about my mom's generation of lapsed gamers and the current crop of games, uh, there are no spoilers for the witness below, so no worries. My assumption." that she'd like The Witness wasn't unfounded. My mom enjoys puzzle games generally, and I thought the biggest hurdle would be getting her past the nausea first-person games have given her in the past. That was not an issue at all. 
Instead, a problem came up I hadn't anticipated. For one, moving around the world was extremely hard for her. Any coordination she had developed in her life seemed to have gone out the window. Even looking around in a stationary position was hard for her. Inverting the y-axis helped, but there was something strange about the way she moved. I realized that she did not realize you can engage the left and right joystick on the PS4 controller simultaneously. Hmm. She had been moving a short distance, stopping, deciding where she wanted to look next, looking that direction, then she would start moving again. Mm -hmm. This would result in problems in the literal traversing of the world. She came to a wall and assumed there was no way around it. I had to explain to her that there was a doorway five feet to the left. Obviously, she would have found it eventually, but since moving was so unintuitive to her, it would have taken significantly longer. This made me realize that my mother's generation has no context whatsoever for many of the most basic mechanics of today's games. I immediately got into The Witness and moved around effortlessly, but only because so many of the games I've played have identical systems in place. My mother is a woman of extremely sound mind and once achieved the highest attainable score on a Space Invaders cabinet in the 80s. But she struggled with the most basic aspects of The Witness, even aspects that deal with the puzzles. Not through any fault of her own, but simply she had not played video games since the mid-1980s, and games have changed drastically since then. Something to think about. Thanks and keep casting a great pod. Will from Ohio. P.S. My mom did eventually get used to the controls and is now addicted to the witness. Nice. So that's. that's I don't think nice. that's exclusive to people who are older. I don't think so either. At all. No, I don't um, think so. Like even uh, my girlfriend Janelle, you know, when she plays games like this, she usually plays them on PC. And um, I can't remember what game we were playing recently, but she had to use twin sticks to look around for the first time. And she was like, ugh, this is hard. Like, I, this is so unintuitive. Yeah. And I think. Just it is just a crazy control. It's just a weird thing. It's just a hard like it is a bizarre thing that I guess if you've never played like twenty hours of Halo when you were you know twenty years old, you're not going to internalize that. You know, like it's not something that is. And working on working so we're you know I'm I'm working on a game called Firewatch, which is a first person uh, story exploration game that's not really like The Witness, but it but it does have. First, first person, and so yeah. it has mouse look on PC, and it has control uh, controller on console, or you can also use controller on PC. But uh, one of the things we found in in testing the game is that some people who have motion control issues have it worse when they're using a controller. And my suspicion for why that's the case is that when is the, like often they find that their motion control is lessened once they start trying it on PC. Mm. And I think the reason is that every time, every bit that you move the screen, uh, that you change the view, the, like where the actual field of view is pointing on a, uh, with a mouse, it is one to one directly related to motion in your own hand. Yep. Whereas on a controller, once you start turning, if you keep holding the stick, your character will just keep spinning. Even yep. if your finger's not moving anymore and even if that only happens for like half a second or a second, I think that can be really disorienting for people. I think it's that delay. It's that micro millisecond delay, um, input delay that that can just really throw people off. Like I think, um, but I think it's also the fact that like it's relative movements. So yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but but I but even beyond that too, like um, you know something with the witness uh, that a lot of people are experiencing is like you know uh, motion sickness, like nausea, and I think the. Um, the lack of a reticle. The lack of a reticle is a big deal. Um, but also, I think just sort of like head shake and bob and things like that, you know, and, and just the the way that when you let go of the stick, it just mm. stops instantly, yeah. you know. Um, but if there's a slight delay to that, as you push the stick, uh, there's like a, a millisecond like lurch, delay and then, kind of, and then yeah. it sort of lurches, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And I realized as I was playing it with a stick um, that, you know, I have a weird thing where my PC has like a super long HDMI cord to my TV 
So it gives I you there's like actually a noticeable. There is a, like in most games, it's fine, but like with a game like this, I realized like, oh man, there's enough of a delay here, and yeah. I assume it's analogous to the delay between like a VR setup, you know, where yeah, it's head tracking, but if there's a slight delay, it's gonna pff, the whole thing is just a disaster. Um, yeah. But yeah, in general, like twin stick control methods are not a perfect solution for any of this stuff. No, they're not. It's a crazy case where where really great design, you're reminded how contextual it is. Yeah. Because if you've been playing video games with a control pad for a long time, when Twin Stick became a standard, it was like, oh, this is amazing. This is finally how you can do this on a console in a way that isn't totally compromised. You know, but like that is in the context of someone who has a grounding for this stuff exactly. in the first place. So this this made me think of something um, that I mentioned last night, actually. I was thinking about um, just older games for whatever reason, and um, <clears throat> uh, I was reminded that my mom played a bunch of uh, games to completion that I never bothered to, and one of them was Metroid Prime. And then I was sitting there thinking, like, how the hell... And your mom beat Metroid Prime before you did? Oh, I don't think I ever beat it. Oh, she, man, that's She demolished game. that game. She's like, 100% of that that's game. That's awesome. Your and I was, I was sitting there thinking, like, how did she manage that? Because she doesn't really... Like, it, up to that point, I don't think she'd ever played... Like, she played maybe, like, Mario 64... But nothing that felt like a first-person shooter, and I was just kind of like, "How did she kind yeah, of on her own what the develop actual control method of that game?" But is. then when you remember, yeah. it's 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 basically a single-stick shooter. And actually, mm-hmm. when you think about the design of that game, a lot of that game was designed such that you didn't really have to look up or down. You know, it was a well, lot you do, of but you kind of stop and you observe. Right, exactly. It was a, it was a sort of it, it was, and that's why but I thought not of this. Doing that while aiming and fighting, exactly. Because you lock on. But that's why I thought of this guy and his mom, where he he'd use one stick and then use the other, and that's actually kind of what you it's did totally in, Metroid what you Prime. Do in Metroid and Prime. And then I thought, oh man, that's exactly how my mom managed to get through that game. Is she didn't awesome. have to use both at the same time. That game was designed to only really require one of those things, partly because they didn't have a twin stick, but also just maybe because it was a uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think that was part of the in. They did. I mean, they did have a twin. There, there were two sticks, but one of them was clearly very intentionally designed, right? F- to look, to look and feel like it has a different purpose. And so, while you could, cons- you could make a twin stick shooter on GameCube, it's clear that the industrial design of that controller was intended right. to suggest this is like a sub function analog stick mm-hmm. on the right, yeah. and then the left one is your core analog stick input. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, like for some games, that was a real pain in the ass, and. For games that were designed for that controller, it was great. Yep. You know, so <clears throat> like everything else, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff's really interesting. Uh, let's see. So Greg writes, hey, Thumbs, in case you're looking for a more recent game to push the buttons, which Minesweeper did, check out the Hex Cells slash Square Cells series. And then he links to these stores, these games on the Steam store. Hex Cells is essentially a hexagonal minesweeper with some other sources of information. The number of mines in a row column, if they're explicitly contiguous or non-contiguous, how many there are in a two-space radius, etc. Except that instead of being random, they're always designed logical puzzles to which there's at least one valid move that can be derived. There's always at least one valid move that can be derived. Hex Cells is effectively an extended tutorial, but Plus and Infinite are great, and Infinite features a random level generator. Square Cells is similar, but a more normal square grid and has a bit more in common with Pycross. Anyway, I played through all of them the past year and really enjoyed them. So after your mention of Minesweeper, I thought they might interest you. Cheers, Greg. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. This was part of a, I think, a conversation about Churchill Solitaire last week, Nick. Would you oh, Churchill Solitaire. Have you played that at all? Uh, no, I haven't played oh, it. I've read about it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good, although I, it is so brutal that mm. I think I might, I might eventually, I might peter out pretty soon. Right. Just, just because I don't think I have the patience to like 
keep going back and ma- max these min max these deals. Mm. But uh, but it's cool. It's a cool design. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, let, Looking forward to that Rumsfeld's next. Uh, yeah, Rumsfeld next next, next Odyssey. Next yeah, joint. I mean, hopefully he earned <laughs> enough money to fund his next project. <laughs> uh. Yeah, like he needs it. Uh, let's see here. Um, um, um. And we have a bunch of email. I really should have uh, should have sorted through this stuff. So, uh, Robert. Zoo writes, Hey thumbs, just listen to Nick's mom's musings about his early childhood. And you guys seem surprised that she was ready for him to stop growing at the tender age of five months as a first time father of a now six month old little girl. I feel I'm in the prime position to shed some light on where Mrs. Breedon may have been coming from at five months. My daughter was wonderful. She was finally mostly sleeping through the night. She smiled and cooed every time she saw me and she would laugh at anything I said. She wasn't mobile. So she would stay more or less wherever you put her. I couldn't, I could even hold her in my arms while going out to dinner. On top of that, she's been breastfed, so her diapers were easy. It was great. Fast forward one month. She's teething, which means she's waking up a lot more during the night. She's rolling over and getting ready to crawl. Nothing in the house is safe. She had her first taste of real food, so real poop is in the near future. (laughs) In the coming months, she'll be crawling, walking, talking, and things will keep going from there. In short, five months is a great age and the point where you really start to see your child grow up and become a little human. I found myself saying I would be happy with her never getting any bigger than she was, but that did not happen. If you guys ever decide to have kids, I'm sure you'll have similar feelings about your baby thumbs. Keep casting those pods, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> kids. You weren't special, Nick. No, no, not at all. I all like that. God, there was an entry that I read where I, this is stupid to talk about, but like, I guess at like a year and a half or two years, I just refused to poop for a while. <laughs> wow. That and it was a control thing, restraint. apparently. Like, she was like, oh, God, like, I wish you would just go, but, like, you won't because we're asking you to. Oh, my God. And so just for, oh my God. for like, days at a time, I would just, like, nope, not doing it. Sorry. What? Fuck you. I'm I'm That must have I'm been good. extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, she was you. like, I can just see on your face how painful this is, but you just because you don't want to satisfy oh. us, you will not poo. <laughs> I was like, what well, the? Kids are so weird. Well. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You <laughs> more than many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, man, we have a, there. There are several emails I would like to read, but they're very Jake oriented. Mm, yeah. Uh, someone's writing in about Sven Co-op. Mm-mm. Did you ever play Sven Co-op, Nick? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, we should save that for Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, pulling the ripcord. Oh man, are we doing it? Are we doing it? Oh fuck! Oh no! Oh god! Are you I don't really to... have a contingency plan for this. I don't know what the what the you know. I mean, like, I can't. I was so afraid coming here because I took a cab, yeah. and I was so afraid I was going to just nudge this bear and it was just going to start some insane noise, <laughs> and then I was going to have to throw it out the window, and then you know the bomb squad would come. Like, I don't know how do you get rid of something like this. I mean, how do you actually deal with this? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Not that classic Batman. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be jumping off the end of the pier with this stupid bear. Like, what am I going to do? God, I if, wish I knew who sent this. If you uh, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I mean, it also says press here. Um, <laughs> please tell a friend. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. We're on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. 
You can send us email at questions at idlethumbs.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It really is doing it. There's no way to turn it off, Chris. <laughs> There's not- <laughs> what have I done? Um, I sent you that, by the way. Did you really? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> No! <laughs> Sir, after all this shit? Yes. Oh my god. Yep. Well, joke's on you, because... <laughs> I was so annoyed when I found out that you didn't open it at your house. <laughs> the reason I was so annoyed is because oh you my were god. not so annoyed. Oh man. Yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny that it came back yep. to, to just bite you in the ass completely. Yep, I did oh, it to myself. Oh man. Oh wow. Yep. <laughs> I kind of can't believe this. Like what I, I said it to Yeah, you, this has to be from your perspective, this has to be completely unbelievable yes. because you send well, somebody I also sent it to you on a on a whim. And <laughs> you know, I didn't really like think Right. You didn't think through the ramifications the, like, of where this yeah. would go. Well I definitely didn't think this far ahead. And now and now here we are. <laughs> oh my god. Well enjoy your work day. <laughs> oh my and the god. rest of your life. <laughs> God damn it. I actually don't know what to do about this because so we ha- we have like the the we work above a wood shop and that's where we put our trash. Do they have saws? <laughs> oh. Like <laughs> Do they have hammers? Do they have chiseling devices? That's actually that a good be- point. I didn't think about that. I was thinking like I can't put it in the in the trash because it's where our landlord is. Right. And uh <laughs> I can't believe you sent this to me and this is happening right now. I know. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> well. Yeah. On that note. I can't believe if you're still listening. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like this could just go on. This could be the longest podcast ever recorded. I mean, really. this will go on forever. Well, that's but true. You, dear readers, do not have to listen to it. Mm. Thank you for listening. We'll We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. No, it's not actually over. I keep kind of thinking maybe it's going to stop. Right? I mean, like, oh yeah, you expect anything, any product in the world would. Yeah, but it's never going to, and it's never going to change. Well, the question—I mean, like, what is the battery life really on these things? You have to wonder. I don't know. I mean, I want you. It depends what they decided to invest in this thing to really keep the gag going, right? (laughs) Every inch of this bear is just like battery packs stacked, (laughs) like just chained together. Some monstrous, like, yeah. watch battery. Man. I mean, it's gotta be like. Nick's trying God, to it choke is a the life solid. Out of it right it now. is like. This see. is like a solid heart of, like, a dark heart of, like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I can't feel I don't even know with a hammer this. you would crack that thing. Yeah. And the thing, it's got, like, you know, built in padding. It's got, like, a Kevlar vest of, like, teddy yeah. stuffing. Like, how are you gonna actually, Do like. Do you wanna try and cut it open? And I mean, I guess so. All right. I mean, it's just going to get stuffing everywhere, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man! Chris has just walked back into the room with the knife from Psycho. Actually, it's a bread knife. (laughs) It's a serrated knife.
It doesn't have much of a point, so I feel like you're gonna- it's just like a sawing hold mechanism. On, hold, on. hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like you almost have to like choose your angle of attack here. Wait, hold on. Straight, straight down the middle, I think. Spilling his intestines. Uh, have some respect. <laughs> you, you ready for this? Are you doing it? Are we doing it? I, I guess all so. Alright, we're, we're, we're gonna try to perform surgery here. Oh god. <laughs> Is it working? It's gonna, the knife's just gonna go through this bear and cut my hand off. <laughs> Happy birthday will be the end of me. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, no, there we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> can, you, can you pull out its oh, man. last part? <laughs> what is this? This is, this is something. Oh, my God. You find it? Oh, there it is. It's so much louder now. Yeah, I know. This is terrible. Well, it's connected to some kind of battery device. Oh, if you rip that cord, will <clears throat> I it... feel like it'll if I just cut the cord, but yeah. then... Oh, wait a minute. Is there a... Oh! <laughs> wow. Well, actually, I mean, you know. <laughs> All right. Can we reassemble it, maybe, and get it to someone else? No, I guess we ripped it open now. So well, I don't... We're... Yeah, it looks like I, I pulled a... I think you've destroyed it. I think you've killed the bear. Well, I think if I make... If I connect... Yeah, you'd have to really just, like... Wow. Man. I didn't actually expect to be able to do this. Yeah, good job. Yeah. I mean, this is the speaker. Shit. I didn't live very long. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. Like, look what I've I done. Know. It's like, I think that's part of the... <laughs> part of the, part I, of the I gift is part just... Of the thing yeah. is that you have to become a monster. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You have to... rips apart a poor little teddy bear. Right. Well, thank you, Chris, uh, for this gift. You're welcome. Um... Anytime. Enjoy your wedding gift. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. All right. R.I.P. Bear. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Idlethumbs.net. Here. <laughs> there you go. Good. We'll put that video up on our, our yeah. YouTube channel at youtube.com slash idle videos. <laughs>